You're listening to Creatively Human with honest conversations about what matters to us and how it really feels to build an online business, put our work out into the world, make an impact in our own unique way, and importantly, to get well paid for it. I'm your host, Ruth Poundwhite, business mentor to quietly ambitious humans. Before we dive into the episode, I just wanted to invite you to join my newsletter to get three bonus episodes of the podcast. I recorded these at the end of 2019 exclusively for email subscribers, and they dive behind the scenes of my business. They give a really honest look into my feelings on resilience and failure, money, and building my community. The link to sign up is in the show notes, or you can head to ruthpoundwhite.com forward slash podcast, and you'll see a button to subscribe on that page. Okay, on to the episode. So today I'm talking to Hira Samir Ahmed, who is an artist, creative coach, writer and podcaster living in Copenhagen. She is a multi-passionate creative who you'll always find following her curiosities, introvert and highly sensitive person and a huge fan of living slowly and intentionally. She loves tea, walks in the wood and the quiet time. We're talking all about approaching your business and life in a creative way without expectations and we covered so much in this conversation. I loved going deep about what it meant to be creative, about the imposter syndrome that comes along with that, dealing with the fear that it's not perfect, also about kind of choosing creative life paths versus what you thought you should be doing and I share a story of how I didn't choose the creative path for myself and just basically how being more creative in your life kind of helps you figure things out along the way. I really love talking to Hera and I just wanted to mention before we dive in that you can find her at herasamed.com and she's also on Instagram, Hera S. Ahmed. She has her own podcast called Living Your Truth as well and I was honoured to be a guest so go and check that out as well. And let's dive into the conversation. So Hera, I'm going to go straight into the questions, no small talk. <laughs> Um, I want to know from you, what do you think it means to be a creative person? I really want to dive into that. That's a wonderful question. I think everyone is a creative person. Um, in essence, creativity is about finding solutions to the given problem or looking at things in a different light and also finding patterns that are that were seemingly not related at all, but combining them in a in a different way. So in in essence, I think everyone is a creative person. And if you are engaging yourself with the process, uh, you are a creative person. That's really interesting what you said, because when I because I'm going to give my answer to that, it's totally different. But mine comes from a place of sort of imposter syndrome or it has done. Like, I feel like being a creative person is about or I have felt like being a creative person. It has been about like the results or like doing it the right way or like producing the right creative product do you see what I mean a lot of imposter syndrome yeah I think it is the way we are uh, kind of brought up in our societies in our culture in our, in our schools because everything is about getting the right kind of results and um, getting straight A's and everything but it it kind of builds up that pressure to get everything right from the beginning but I think it is much more about engaging yourself with the process instead of uh, thinking about the outcome, in, instead of entirely thinking about the out- outcome. Yeah, yeah, totally. And 
it's really interesting because sometimes you look at children and you think oh they know how to be creative and then somewhere along the way we lose it as adults but even as a child like you 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 find yourself from a very young age thinking oh I've created this but is it good enough right yeah (laughs) I think it also comes from it is about a practice of building that kind of self-belief and trust along the way but it is so normal and so human to feel that kind of imposter syndrome around your work because obviously you're it is your work you're invested in it and you kind of attach your own self-worth with it yeah and with time you start to learn that your work or your self-worth is not defined by how well your end product is oh yeah I love that and that's so tied into all the feelings we have about business as well I'm just gonna like bring it back a bit and ask you what was your like creative journey like throughout your life? What kind of things have you been into? Hmm. So I, I've always been a creative person in terms of the visual creative expression. Um, while growing up, I loved painting and playing with colors. And I remember all of the gifts I used to get from my family and everywhere else were somehow related to art supplies. And, um, and on, uh, special occasions I used I actually loved making um, handmade cards (laughs) and uh, it grew as I grew older I I was under the idea that if I want to be a uh, if I want to make a difference in the world I have to pick one of the professions that is make about making a difference and I was of the view that uh, maybe choosing to become a doctor is what is about making a difference and um, I ended up studying um, ma- uh, pre-medical. And uh, while I was done with that, I didn't even know that there were there was a, um, a degree in design or arts that you could pursue. I didn't know that because none of um, my families or pe- my family members or, or the peers uh, had ever studied this in this field. So I didn't know it was possible. And uh, at that point, I learned that there is a college and I can get into it. And I I just went in there and I took a a short four weeks class, I think, a short course. And I fell in love with it. And I decided to pursue design instead of becoming a doctor, because in deep down, I knew that um, if I, I have the drive in myself, the motivation to follow through, I will be able to follow through and make a difference anyways. Um, and also because I learned to challenge that idea of making a difference. Do you know what I mean? Yeah, I love that. There's so much to dig into there. Yeah. So I love the fact that you have always been creative, then kind of strayed from that because it's like what you thought you should do. And then you like went back to what mattered to you. Because so I feel like my journey, I think is a bit different. So... I have always been creative too, and especially in terms of music. That's what I always did when I was a child. Um, I played piano and I learned it from a really young age because my dad played piano and he taught me probably when I was about four to play, obviously at a basic level. I wasn't like a child prodigy. (laughs) Um, But, and I played it, but I never felt good enough. Like, I could always do it and I did like several grades, grade exams and I did it through secondary school and then I studied music 
you know, for A-level. And then I just never felt good enough. I, I had this story all the time that I was doing it, but I wasn't a natural at it. And I don't know where that came from. And it's really interesting. I think it it goes back to like the feeling that if you do it, you've got to be the best. And actually, (laughs) I've have that personality in terms of like academic stuff, you know, like subjects at school, I always wanted to like be the best apart from in like physical education. (laughs) I was not the best. But in terms of like maths and English and history and all those subjects, I always wanted to get the best results. And it's like, I didn't, I just felt like creativity. Yeah. Oh, this is really interesting. I feel like maybe I was approaching it from that, like, you know, there's a set way to be the best at this and I couldn't find it. So I didn't think it was right. Oh, interesting. What I'm hearing, correct me if I'm wrong, but I'm thinking maybe, um, you thought that you have to be there. There was some kind of standard in your mind that you had to be that good in good to be perceived as good enough. Yeah, yeah, definitely. And I feel like even though, so I did like compose some of my own music as part of doing it for A level, but a lot of the time with music, it's not even your own music. You're just performing other people's music because I think that that's where when you create stuff, right, you can feel very exposed because it's like your creation on display for everyone to see or hear a part of you yeah so even though it wasn't necessarily music that I I composed it was it was music that I performed and I yeah I just never it it, yeah totally tied into my self-worth totally and I never realized that and I quit my music a level halfway through so I only did it for as level yeah I missed it and I went to university So I carried on doing the kind of more academic subjects, although saying that I did do philosophy and history, which I think are both very creative. I just didn't realise it at the time. And I did that at university. And after one year, I thought, what have I done? I miss my music. I want to do music. And I tried to change my degree and like the one I was on and I couldn't. So now when I look back, I feel like it's okay. But at the time that was really not very nice, you know, thinking I had given something up that actually mattered to me. Mm-hmm. you must be heartbroken yeah and I feel like my dad was my dad was disappointed but not in a horrible way but yeah so it's really interesting to me to reflect on that versus your story of giving up the thing that you weren't meant to do and then doing the creative thing although I can't imagine that that was completely easy either no it wasn't <laughs> but um I don't know I just I I think it is all about our experiences of growing up that somehow um, that obviously shape up how you think or approach things. And for me, it was really important to pick and choose my own way because I was um, I was so I was feeling so stuck in the should do's. And uh, I just wanted to break free and figure out a way for myself where I could you know look myself in the eye and say that you know this is something I really want to do and then stand on it that this is what I really want to do and I'm going to do it and I'm going to at least try because um, my father and I we had a conversation um, and I told him that this is the college that I'm planning to go um, and take my bachelor's um, in and we had a conversation about it and he told me that if you can pass the um, entry test 
and uh, get on the merit list i'm fine with it but if you if you can't and you you will have to go for the self finance route i won't be able to because you are very welcome to try but uh, i don't want you to bank on your hopes on this and i was like i'm going to get in <laughs> and i did because it it, it is one of the um, very competitive um call and one of the best art uh, schools in pakistan and uh, i ended up studying product design and i i was actually getting in to study either fine arts or design but i ended up picking design because i thought that was much safer route <laughs> you know because pursuing fine arts doesn't um promise you the career the fine um the outcome of having a yeah and and also because we hear so many stories of starving artists <laughs> <laughs> yes <laughs> so yeah i think that's what i what i thought and somehow i sometimes i when i think back about it maybe and sometimes i do feel like what would it be like what it would have been like if i ended up choosing fine arts because i loved making stuff with my hand and painting and playing with materials but yeah i'm glad that i studied design it equipped me with um better understanding of how we perceive things because when you are working uh, when you are studying design you are also learning more about the psychology of the people who are who you are designing it for yeah and it is not only about the creative expression although it is about the creative expression but it is not only about that so like creativity as it relates to other people in the world and is reflected back you're reflecting back what they need or what they feel mhm yeah how how do you want them to feel when they look at your design or when they interact with it yes yeah so would you say when you had to make that decision that wasn't easy was it your father that it was sort of like an ultimatum <laughs> that, is that what gave you the courage to do it because it's pretty even though you didn't go for the fine arts which maybe that would have been another more courageous step it was still courageous of you to choose what you did yeah i think so yes <laughs> because when i started to um prepare for the entry tests i i just gave my all in and i practiced drawing because there is a drawing test and the aptitude test and uh then interview so w- what i started doing was practicing drawing 24/7 you won't believe i wasn't even sleeping <laughs> wow i was it like this feeling you get of like i can't not do this yeah i know yes this, <laughs> <laughs> this is exactly what it was like and i felt like this is this is my chance and i if i can prove it to myself then i will be able to prove it to others Yeah, so starting from that place of proving it to yourself. Yeah, that's really interesting. And I feel like because I've been thinking about this a lot in terms of business lately. And obviously this podcast is for business owners and like tying it back to that, I feel like when you're going to make anything work, including a business, you get to that point when you're like, I can't not do this. So, it's scary and it's stretching me, but I can't not do it. Exactly, yes. Yeah, and that takes you through the hard bits. I think. True, that's very true. Yes. And when I first started my business, this this was the exact same thing at the heart of it that I I wanted to try and I couldn't resist trying. So I wanted to see where it could go or what it is capable of. Yeah. I, 
existed. Yeah, yeah, definitely. And so obviously, yeah, this is like the early part of your creative journey and like, how did it like end up leading you to where you are now? Exactly, yes. I, I was just thinking about the um, your part where you shared about your music wasn't good enough. That's how you felt. I was just thinking about that. Um, I think we put too much pressure on ourselves to get it right from the beginning. And we don't think about the beginner stage where whenever you start something new, start learning anything new, you are not going to be good at it. Your first product, your first right uh, draft, your first music composition isn't going to be good. But if you are willing to commit to that growth and you know keep at it, keep practicing, it is going to be grow into something wonderful I'm pretty sure of that yeah and it's so hard to get through that stage and like I'm thinking about my journey because um yeah playing the music I didn't consider myself to be really good and I knew there was people who were in my class at school who were better and at the same time other people still really valued what I did you know like my mum loved me to hear me practicing I hated practicing and that's that's the key thing when you're gonna <laughs> master an instrument you've got to practice a lot right. and it's boring sometimes and repetitive um and yeah she loved it and I you know I did play in the concerts at school and I and I suppose so other people valued it and I also valued it too but I I didn't I wasn't self-aware enough to notice that like I guess you get this with other you know ways of creating but playing music is just like it's almost like a meditation sometimes it just mm-hmm. takes you out of everything in a really good way oh, so interesting to reflect on it but um and I get it now like you know when I tell people I play the piano and people are like oh I would I wish I played the piano I would love to be able to do that and firstly they could but it's hard to be a beginner like you said um and secondly I've got that and I'm and I, but yet I'm not embracing that bit. I'm looking for the next thing or the, to be the best thing, which is just, it's, yeah, it's setting yourself up for disappointment. Yeah. And also getting okay with failing even, you know, it, it is, it is the same with business. When you start something, you are not going to um, get the expected result in the first attempt. You are going to fail. and um, I can think of uh, an example from my own business. I last year, by the end of year, uh, I launched a membership community. I didn't think I was ready for it, but the idea came to me, and I was I was feeling so excited about the idea. And I've never launched anything before. <laughs> and I went ahead and I launched it. I didn't get I, I did get a few inquiries, but nobody actually signed up. And I was feeling so afraid to even, you know, um, share about it. But in, in retrospect, I've learned so much about the process of sharing what I have to offer. And I've learned so much from that experiment that now when whenever I will be able to launch it, I will have that uh, knowledge and I will be able to draw on it. Yeah, and that just made me think you creating that idea and coming up with it, like what you were going to launch, that that's really creative, right? You're just like creating something out of your head and it's just part of the process. I would imagine you've probably got loads of feedback either from other people or literally just from yourself from having done that. 
exactly yes yeah yeah and you know that I've failed too (laughs) (laughs) yeah and it's like when you have that feeling of but I can't not do this you fail and then you try again or you fail and you feel bad about it but then you look for the lesson or like where's the chance to improve yeah and I guess that's difficult because I guess if I'm thinking about creativity as a whole when you have a creative practice you don't necessarily need to always be improving if you're happy just doing it I guess that's the thing with the business that you need it to improve because you need to bring the money in or whatever but with with just if you're purely doing something for creativity does it need to improve no it doesn't and (laughs) because there are many things that I do only for myself so I have a very good example on this. My business has two different sides of it. One of it is about the creative expression, my paintings and artwork and my illustrations and everything. And the other is the coaching side of it. So I haven't really intentionally monetized the creative expression side because I don't want to put that kind of pressure on that creative expression. And I want to feel free and I can monetize the other side of uh, my business because it will allow me to bring in the finances that I need. But that creative expression is for myself. It helps me understand my own self better, the world better. And it also helps me in um, connecting and how it all works together. So, and you don't do it for this reason, but it helps your business. Exactly, yes. (laughs) And that's the thing. And I feel like so many of us, and me included, like I don't want to take time out to play my piano, right? Because I'm busy and I've got other things to do and I've got things to create that actually make me money. But I know in my heart that taking time out to play my piano and only doing it for myself, because there's no way I'm like putting videos up online of me playing my piano. Um, and I, and I've, I've just set up my keyboard in my office at home because I have a piano downstairs and I realized there was always things getting in the way of me doing it one of them is time because I always want to be doing stuff that makes money in my business or like helps improve my business whatever but one of them is literally because you know my son's asleep and I don't want to wake him up you know I live in like a small terraced house uh or my husband's down there doing his work you know and I don't want to disturb him and I was like all these barriers getting in the way what can I do just to make it easy for myself and I thought, I get my keyboard out of storage, which I used to use when I was at university. And I, don't, I think, I feel like I've gone off on a bit of a tangent here. But yeah, I guess I was thinking about building time in for these things. Because I think so many people listening to this will relate to the fact that when you have a business, you can feel like that fulfills all the creative expression that you need. Because it is very creative, even though it's not it's not one of it's not considered like at school like you wouldn't be taught business and say this is a creative art or whatever but there is an art to it and for me it's very creative and I think a lot of people listening to this would relate to the feeling that when you have your business you want to pour everything into it and you get all the creativity you need from it and you're able to express yourself through it but it's not enough I don't think it's just not enough you have to have something like you said for yourself Exactly, yes. And I think it it could be different for everybody. Like for you, it is music and playing piano. For me, it is some, I don't stick to one medium. Sometimes it is about writing. Sometimes it is about playing with colors and painting something. And other times it is about um, illustrating a feeling. (laughs) And uh, I think it is important to take some time out of your work day or um, to just 
sit with your own thoughts and uh, doing something that you're feeling compelled to do, <laughs> like something that you want to do and work on without thinking about the outcome it is going to bring or the, yeah. I love what you said about just sitting with your thoughts and then doing what you feel compelled to do because how often in life do we really allow ourselves to do that, especially when we're busy? Something uh, that now is coming to my head is um, every day, it doesn't happen every day, but I try to sit down in the morning and write my morning pages and most of the work that I end up doing that day on my business and the creative expression side is coming from the understanding or um, that came through by writing those morning pages. Yeah, yeah, that's exactly it. Oh, I love this, yeah. And I think a lot of us, and especially like, I guess when people have like children as well, that adds another layer of not even just, I don't have time for this, but also I don't deserve this because I need to take care of X, Y, and Z before I get to deserve to do something for myself. Oh, yeah. Um, And I've been reflecting a lot on this lately. And I know that I need, we need space, right? To, to, To create our best work, whether that's paid work or just life in general, we need space. Mm-hmm. Yes, and I think there are many ways to create it. Obviously, it is hard when you have family and responsibilities and day-to-day chores. Uh, but I think it is important to take time for yourself, if you can, every day. <laughs> At least, um, even if it is about like taking 15 minutes. I think a lot of it is about choice and intention. Like You have to decide to do it. It's not just going to happen on its own. I mean, we all have those wonderful like time off. Sometimes we have holidays or breaks where, you know, you get into that flow of just having free time and space in your head to follow whatever whim comes up. But usually in everyday life, we just need to choose to make it a priority. Yeah. So I was just going to ask you, actually, do you have any like creative rituals that you use alongside the work you do in your business? Because I've definitely got some, but I was really curious to see what you had to say about this. So I've already mentioned morning pages. That is a way for me to really connect with my own intuition. And um, other than that, creative rituals. I have started a 366-day illustration project. And it is about, I wrote it down that it is about feeling my feelings and illustrating them. I'm not sure what that is (laughs) because I am on a journey to explore it. I'm feeling compelled to explore it. And uh, I take 15 minutes a day at least 15 minutes if I'm feeling like it. 15 minutes are not that hard to carve out uh, of your day. So and just sitting down and uh, doing something. Um, Other than that, I like to take myself on walks because they really help me um, quiet my mind and observe nature. And I think a lot of the creativity is comes from the observation part. If you can be still and just be, simply observe the surroundings, your own thoughts. And this is reminding me of my morning meditation. (laughs) I use um, an app, Headspace, for like a quick morning meditation. And um, the basics are about just simply sitting and think, watching your thoughts pass by. That's it. It is a practice. (laughs) Yeah, yeah, it is. I've just been trying to get back into meditation as well. Um, I'd really love 
you know what talking about creative ritual I'd really love to get into a practice of creating space before for example client calls or or something like this recording a podcast like space to just like you said sit and observe your thoughts and let them pass by meditate um and I feel like I felt this strong desire to create this ritual in my business but I haven't done it yet I'm resisting (laughs) I feel like it would be so good for like you know just sitting down setting the attention that I'm gonna like deliver my best work or you know help my client in the best way possible just taking a few moments but even that I just feel like I don't have time I don't have time I think it is it is the story that we tell ourselves that we don't have time but if we start becoming intentional and putting that uh, as a priority first because you know it, it is understandable that if you are going to put it as a priority it is going to not only help you better but it it is also going to help you in showing up better for your own um, for your work and for your clients yeah exactly and I feel like for me creativity sometimes comes from having really strong boundaries and discipline and I feel like that's what you were saying in terms of like you're prioritizing your illustration project like daily even if you don't feel like it but you've set yourself some boundaries there so I guess sometimes we feel like creativity has to come from a place of like total freedom and flexibility but most of us don't have that in our days and or even if we did we wouldn't do it then (laughs) yeah because we we keep it on our the last task on our to-do list (laughs) exactly yeah and when feelings come up that gets in the way too like oh I feel like doing this but it's not going to be perfect (laughs) Mm -hmm. yes yeah so I was going to talk about um creative rituals in my business because I want to talk about this because I feel like they're so important but I've really overlooked them for so long so even things like for example sitting down and lighting a candle before I write something or I feel like I even feel a bit like funny talking about it because like is that a creative ritual (laughs) but I think it is and um uh the power of music in the background when I'm writing as well and this is a lot about writing (laughs) but yeah I just feel like knowing which things like can get you into the zone do you have anything like that so lately, like for today, I was feeling anxious about our <laughs> interview today, um, our conversation today. And what I did was I played my um, latest call with my coach and uh, I just listened to our conversation together. And it just kind of brought me the kind of encouragement I needed to uh, show up today. Oh, that's really lovely. And also that made me think, isn't that just such a good example of because you I think you mentioned this already you certainly mentioned it to me when we were emailing in advance of doing this but like how you have to like get to know yourself and be self-aware and all of that and that this is an example of that because you know yourself you know when you get anxious before things and I share that kind of anxiety too but then you know what you can do to like break that pattern and to put yourself back into a better place yes and I think it comes it also comes from um practicing like um I didn't know I could do this until I tried it so you have to try and figure things out and and see what works for you um sometimes I like to put on good music and just um before even starting my day like before sitting on my desk I like to listen to music while I'm making myself breakfast um so it is the things I I have learned to 
um, stay in connection with how I am feeling and what do I really need in this moment. So I can bring that in, uh, that feeling in. Mm, I love those questions. How am I feeling and what do I need in this moment? It's not that, that easy always to ask. And uh, sometimes, like you, like you said, sometimes we are consciously trying to resist it or avoid it because it is hard. Um, yeah, but the discomfort is inevitable. And what I was just thinking is sometimes I feel like as long as we try and ask ourselves those questions more, we just get used to being open to thinking about how we're feeling and what do we need. It becomes easier with time to really connect with those thoughts and answer those questions. Yeah, so it starts with asking the questions and then eventually you'll be better at just knowing intuitively. And actually speaking about intuition, because obviously that's a huge part of creativity as well, I think. Especially, I guess, in terms of people who want to do things differently, which I suppose if you think about the great sort of artists and creative people, these are the people who have achieved, you know, fame or whatever they had to do things differently at some point they had to like deviate from the norm and I suppose a lot of that comes with learning to trust your intuition I I think you are so right it is so much more about the kind about building the kind of self-belief that and and not only understanding but really believing that all the answers you're seeking are already within you so you approach the world from that place and um, yeah yeah it's like a, a massive level of trust isn't it yes <laughs> and I, I think it is so much relevant with the business as well because there are many decisions there will ma- come many points when you will be feeling the fear but your intuition will be telling you that this is the right thing to do it's it you can know it's the right thing to do and still feel uncomfortable to do it <laughs> yes <laughs> and um I was thinking I often use like in my mind like great you know famous creative people as my like inspiration to keep going when I'm finding things hard so I think about you know I guess you can think about artists who who were never recognized in their time and then they died and then people love their work or you can think about people who are like really wacky like I always think about Lady Gaga and how like crazy she is and but that's her thing like she probably sits there and thinks is it ridiculous to wear a meat dress? And then she thinks, well, I'm going to do it anyway. (laughs) And it's just like, no one like, it's, she has to choose to do it her way, which is really difficult. But it it inspires me to know that people who pave the way for other people had to do, had to deviate from the norm. They had to just be creative, even in the way they were showing up. And Oh, yeah, I feel like I'm going on a massive tangent. But do you see what I mean? Like how it's so inspiring to see other people doing things their own way. Exactly, yes. And I think it kind of gives you permission as well to try and deviate from the norm. And it comes from the place of self-awareness, obviously, your own core beliefs, values, and the kind of life you want to live or the kind of impact you want to have. Yeah, that's it, isn't it? Because you can carry on the same now or you can think about what's my long-term vision? Where am I going with this? And what like what risks do I need to take? How do I need to do things differently? Mm-hmm. And and I think it is, not all, um, it is not only about thinking consciously that you want to do things differently, but it is more about trusting the way you are doing it. Yeah, um, yeah. Is the right way for you. Yes. So... 
maybe defining your own version of success and um, what kind of life it is that you are striving towards or for, what kind of creative work and life practice would look good for you or right for you. So it is about defining that your own version of success and following through, I guess. Yeah, I think that you raised a really good point there because it's not always doing things differently, but it is about doing things your way. So yeah, you're exactly right there, I think. I was just going to ask you, because like I use my example of Lady Gaga as something that helps me to be more creative. It kind of inspires me to be more creative, knowing that you've got to take some risks. I was wondering if there's anything that helps you, you know, when when things are feeling hard to keep doing things your way. There are, there are a few people that I religiously follow <laughs> and there are only a few people. Um, so, and and I can relate to them because their core values and beliefs resonate with mine. So there is, um, um, I like to read, listen uh, to Sarah Tasker's podcast and her blog and her Instagram, uh, me and Orla. And then um, I love following Jen Carrington and the way she tra- tries to show up in the world. And it gives me permission to be okay with figuring my way out yeah yeah definitely and uh, yeah I think these are two people that I really look up to when I'm finding it hard to navigate yeah I actually really love Sarah Tasker's sort of approach to creativity as well um I feel like because I did her Instagram course and when I first joined it I was like oh my goodness all these people are so good at taking these creative photos and I am not a photographer but she just kept on I can't even remember exactly what she said, but the vibe I got from doing the course was it's okay just to do it your way. It's okay just to do it imperfectly. It's okay to experiment. And because of that, I feel like that's the biggest thing I took away from that course. Like obviously there's tons of strategy to do with Instagram and growing and all of that. But I feel like the biggest thing I took away with it's okay was it's okay for me to just try Mm-hmm. yes even though her photos are beautiful and it would be like really easy for me to look at them and like compare myself negatively I didn't find myself in that place with her although when I do find myself in that place because like you said you follow a few people like religiously but only a small number and I feel like that's important as well because when you're following everyone it's so easy to get into that space of comparing yourself and like I guess it's like how I was when I was playing my piano you know I I could do it but I wasn't as good as the other person in my class or whatever. And it, and it held me back. Right. And I think it becomes um, really hard to navigate the, um, because it becomes noise. And there are con- conflicting advices. And if so, in the beginning, I was getting very overwhelmed when I was trying to figure my way out. So this is the decision that I had to sit down and make consciously and unfollow a lot of people because they weren't really adding any value but making me feel overwhelmed so it is about the essential approach and I just remembered I read a book it's called essentialism mm, and it's that. a wonderful book mm. and uh, I think it really helped me in becoming really intentional about my uh, approach towards my work mm. yeah I love that like simplifying things in order to go deeper with what exactly. you want one of the people who have really impacted the way I show up in the world is Brene Brown. Yes. Her work, yeah. I have read all of her books. <laughs> yeah. 
and uh, she's the one person that I also religiously follow <laughs> that um, because it gives me a lot of courage and permission to keep showing up my way. And it also it is also because it not only supports my work, it also supports my own way of looking at things and uh, understanding myself or the world better. Yeah, I totally agree about Brené Brown because when I first read, I can't remember which book it was that I first read of hers, but when I read it, I was like, oh my God, this book, she gets me and she's doing things her way and I don't compare myself negatively to her and think I have to be like her, you know? It's just, yeah, she she's like, um, and that whole thing she says about, oh, what is it, that quote about, she only listens to people who are in the arena with in you. Arena. Yeah, I need to find the proper quote, but it's like when you're worrying about what other people think, basically, right? And their their criticisms or comments or whatever. Like they're not, if they're not in the arena with you, then it doesn't matter. And I just, I come back to that a lot. Yeah, a me lot. too. <laughs> yeah. And obviously, because this is what I was going to say next, like um, she talks about living wholeheartedly. And that was the question that you posed to me when I asked you, in the, before we did this interview, I asked you to put a question forward and yours was, what does living a wholehearted creative life look like for you? So I'm going to answer it and then I'm going to flip it back at you. Okay. <laughs> so for me, I feel like it does really come back to just, well, a lot of stuff of what we've already talked about. But for me, it means being myself and it sounds so simple, sounds so simple, but it isn't. Um, it means just being okay with not being the best, <laughs> but being really, really determined in being the best version of me. Um, and that means like, cause I've had these like feelings lately, like I need more space in my days. Like I want to get that keyboard out of the storage and start playing and things like that. And just doing it, making space for it, prioritizing it and knowing that my version of creativity is different from everyone else's um and I don't even know if that's a good answer to that question but that's what came to me in this moment but definitely being myself what about you okay so for me living a wholehearted creative life looks like giving myself permission to follow my curiosity yes um, <laughs> as simple as that oh, it, I love it. it is also about um focusing more on enjoying the journey instead of thinking about constantly worrying about the outcome and uh, thinking more about progress not perfection and um, through that process being learning to be unapologetically myself <laughs> and um, yeah I think that's it yeah I love that because I said about being myself and yours was about following your curiosity and making progress which in turn helps you figure out how to be more of yourself exactly <laughs> yes <laughs> and it is also about I would like to add that it is also about understanding yourself and then living your truth out loud yeah yeah which is of course the name of your podcast yes <laughs> <laughs> give it a plug <laughs> so um I'm gonna wrap things up so I've got this deck of random cards uh, with questions on and I've picked a random one for you and it totally relates to the topic of this interview. So the question is, what activity do you enjoy so much that it makes you lose track of time? 
So whenever whenever I'm doing any kind of creative expression work, for me that the top of it is painting. When I'm painting, I lose track of time. Yesterday I was doing some photography and I lost track of time. The whole day went by. <laughs> so it is about uh, engaging myself with the process itself. And how does it make you feel when you get to that zone when you lose track of time? Oh, I feel so joyful and fulfilled. Yeah, exactly. And I feel like, you know, some days it can be a real slog, can't it? And you're just doing one thing, like one task to the next task. And when you finally get in that zone, it just feels amazing. And I've started to, um, because you know how when you don't get something done in a day or you don't get enough things done in a day and you judge yourself, oh, I haven't been productive enough today. I've started to look to those moments when I do lose track of time in that nice way and and judge the success of my day by those instead. Right, that's such an interesting way to approach it. Yeah, I mean, it's not like I always automatically go to that positive place, but I try and it does make a difference because I think a day's not wasted if you've had time like that, even if it was only half an hour, even if it was like five hours, whatever, however long you got into that zone, you, you know when you're in that zone. And yeah, I'm trying to judge my days more like about that place rather than the negative side. It is interesting to think more about the state of flow than how much you got done. Yeah, exactly. Because your self-worth is not entirely dependent on how productive you were in, in your day. Yeah. Plus, I also believe that if we're in that state of flow, that's when we do our best work anyway. So it's not always for our businesses, but it comes in our businesses as well. And in that case, that's when we do our best work. So it's like, it's funny that we resist it and we want to just do all the things rather than getting like lost in something. Yeah, I love that. Thank you, Hira. It's been so amazing talking to you about all this stuff. This conversation has been so deep, which I love. Um, I just want to ask you, is there anything you have um, that you want to share with the audience, like where they can find you or what you've got out there? Please share it now. You can find me on Instagram at Hira S. Ahmed. It's spelled H-I-R-A-S-A-H-M-E-D. And uh, you can listen to the podcast wherever you listen to podcasts. It's called Living Your Truth. And I have an amazing new product coming on very soon. Um, It is a collection of affirmation cards titled You Are a Wildflower. And um, you can find more about me, sign up for my newsletter uh, over on my website. It's hirasamit.com. And these are all great ways to stay in touch and up to date. Oh, your affirmation cards sound wonderful. And I guess you're illustrating them yourself. Yes, I am. Oh, and your illustrations are beautiful. Oh, thank you. (laughs) Thank you so much for listening to another episode of Creatively Human. If you have a moment, I'd be so grateful if you could rate and review the podcast. It really does make a difference. And if you'd like to carry on the conversation or ask a question for a future Q&A episode, there are three ways to connect with me. On the Facebook group, on Instagram, at Ruth Poundwhite, or my personal favourite, my behind-the-scenes newsletter. Just go to ruthpoundwhite.com forward slash newsletter to subscribe. And keep doing what you're doing, because your work really does matter.